This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello! Welcome to Bedtime Drinks with Rachel. I'm cold. <laughs> why I look like this. Uh, so I'm all wrapped up. I know it's not that cold, but you know what? Sometimes, I guess I live in Yorkshire, so when it's windy, you get a draft. And uh, yeah, so uh, tonight we are, well, I feel like we haven't done this in a while. I don't know why. Oh, last month we, we were supposed to do one on grief, and unfortunately our guests suffered some grief and uh, were unable to come, and so we just wanted to honor that. So we are now uh, we missed a month, but don't worry, we'll be catching up with that topic uh, when we cycle back around and we get those back. Uh, but what we are doing tonight is, you know, one of those pff, light ones uh, where we're heading up to Easter. And so we thought that we'd start talking about sin, shame and guilt, you know, all of that fun Christian stuff. So I hope you've been settled. I hope your kids are either on top of you or around you or if you have managed to put them in bed. We celebrate with you uh, this exciting moment. But as always, we just wanted to take some time to um, add some thoughts to it. Uh, as always, this is not the definitive answer of how you do everything. <laughs> this is just one person's opinion on some things that might be helpful to talk about things like sin, shame, and guilt with our under fives families. So uh, I'm just telling my team that I'm live now just in case they can't see me because I have gone live on random stuff. Uh, that wasn't the Parenting for Faith thing, but I am so glad that you're here. Um, as usual, what I'll do is I'll do a bit of teaching, and then uh, I'll pray for you, and then we'll answer any questions, comments, concerns, ponderings, heresy flags that you have that you want to uh, talk about, uh, because we're here to do that. And as always, feel free to just be community with each other uh, as we uh, sort of engage together. So, when I was sitting and planning this, uh, I I think I did a little bit of a online peruse because it's what we all do. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I'm stumped about something, I Google, how do I talk about sin with my kid or whatever? And uh, what I find is that there's an enormous amount out there of advice on how to do this. And I read about four articles and felt overwhelmed. <laughs> and sort of shut down and I think that we can there's a tangle about this I think there's a lot of emotion about this that we have sometimes about how we want to talk about it or not talk about it or don't want to make our kids feel afraid but we don't want to not talk about it because then we don't we want to talk about what Jesus did for us and and as parents we can get quite tied up and so I just wanted to give us just a few thoughts of how this could um this could play out in a way that's comfortable. And one of the things that I just felt straight up that I wanted to say, particularly for us with under fives, is that we have to remember that God has called us to discipleship in the everyday, ordinary, boring bits of life. This isn't a one-off, how to explain it to your five-year-old. This is not a how to deliver the talk fantastically for a two-year-old. Deuteronomy 6, 4 to 9 calls us to talk about this stuff when we're walking down the road and when we're lying down and when we're getting up and when we're, you know, when we're randomly 
in the bits of random life. And I think that's a really important thing to keep in our heads, that if we want to do this well, to talk about sin and shame and guilt with our kids, then this is something that would be really helpful to do in the ordinary every day. And so here's a couple of thoughts of how this looks to weave into the ordinary every day. The first thing that I wanted to say is under fives is about building in reality. We're building in how life looks with God. And therefore, we have this opportunity to create patterns of learning that they experience every day. So for me, one of the first things that we can do to set this conversation up well is in our parenting to proactively teach our kids what connection feels like. The process of sin is that we sin and we we disconnect from God and Jesus came to reconnect us to the Father and to forgive us that we may restore relationship. And so the process, when we sin as people, we sin, we recognize our sin, we go to God, we say, I don't want that on my heart anymore, I want to be different, God pulls us back, and we have this reconciliation moment. So we have this opportunity in everyday life with our under fives to teach them that pattern, to have them punch you in the face as, I mean, we've all been clawed by a three-year-old, uh, and, you know, to, to have that that sort of that that anger that come out that moment where you go, okay, that's not okay. Uh, and they have that moment and you say, oh, that made me feel very disconnected from you. You know, let's go sit down, you know, sit down. How does that, you know, feel? It's calm down. It's okay. You do that and you can say, oh, when you, when you hurt somebody else with your body, that makes people feel disconnected from you. And that's not how we want to be. We want to be connected. My love always is loving you. But when you're so angry at me, it's like we're pulling away from you. You're pulling away from me and I want you to pull close to me. So how can we fix this? How can we get really close together? And they can say sorry and you go, oh, I love feeling connected to you. And you reconnect and you hug and you kiss and you, you wipe the tears and you let them see your joyful face that says it's we are connected. It's okay. And and they have that pushing and pulling that they that they make choices that pull them away from you and you seek them out and you draw them back in into back into relationship and when you use those words however you use it you don't have to use the word connection you can use anything you want but there's something about your choices have made you run away from me your choices have made you separate from me and i want us to come back to loving to help you find our reconnection again with your siblings with me and we do that by acknowledging what we did wrong and by coming back together and fixing it and experiencing each other's love again that we may talk about it and come back together and that's what God does too there are times that we do things that pull us away from God and God is saying come run towards me run towards me and we can say I don't want to do that God and so that we are teaching them this running to God when you want to reconnect to acknowledge what you've done and run to God again and how that then is your type just like like before and when you create this pattern of connection um, disconnection reconciliation forgiveness that slots right into teaching kids about how God is with us God is always loving us even when we do things wrong I love you when you do things wrong and God loves you even more whether or not you are doing great things he loves you when you're when you're doing good things and making bad choices but we feel connected to him and he can help us feel his love 
when all of that is happening. And so we can talk about that. Does that make sense? This, this pattern of flow that we can build into everyday life. The second thing I would say is to create windows into your life of what this reconciliation sin process looks like for you in real time. To be able to say things like, you know, oh, I, you know, when you lose it or when you snap or when you do something that, you know, you feel convicted of, uh, to be able to say, hold on just a moment before we go in, I just want to, I just want to connect with God about something. God, I was really filled with anger and I was snappy with my children. I'm really sorry, God. Would you please take away all of my not rightness and fill me with your love? I'm really sorry. Thank you, God, that you forgive me when I make mistakes, when I choose not right. Thank you, God. I love you. Okay, let's go inside. And if you model that every once in a while, you are teaching them that that's, you can have a moment. You can connect with God about it. That's what it looks like. And poof, you're off. That it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to have plinky plink music behind it. That it doesn't have to. That is just a normal part of life. Just like we reconcile with each other. You reconcile with God. You do that a couple of times. And they begin to see that that is what you do. So that when they have problems, you can go, all right, did you fix it with your sibling? Did you and God have a chat about it? Great. Uh, and it just becomes part of this, this, this pulling back together with God over and over again. So create those moments. It doesn't have to be immediately. It can be in the car. It can be moments where you feel like you've been grumpy. You reconcile with your kids. You reconcile with God. You move on. It doesn't mean every time. But just like we talk about those strategic windows, create the strategic windows into your life of, of how to do that. The Third thing I would say is to create a, a theological foundation for them to understand where sin falls into the grand story. We talk a lot about telling the whole story. And often what happens is we read Bible stories, you know, the Bible story, this Bible story, that Bible story, and they miss the big picture of, um, of Scripture. Sorry, bedtime drinks, we all have to take a drink. And... Um, and for under fives, you're just building that. And, you know, you've read these little board books that make no sense. You know, they have like six sentences and that's a story. Um, but you can tell that story of God's story to say, you know, I love I love reading the whole. If you read the whole story of the Bible, sometimes I flip through the whole big story of the Bible and I say at the beginning, you know, people and God were so close and they lived next to each other and people could see God with their eyes and they could hear God with their ears and they were so close all the time, close as we are to each other. God was close to those people, but they decided that they didn't want to do things God's way and it sort of broke, they disconnected and God wasn't happy with that. His heart was broken that people would choose to disconnect and choose their way and not his way. So he came up with a plan and he tried to come close all through the Bible. He's, is God saying, I want to come close. I want to pull you. I want to show you how to live with me. I want to help you. And we see that all through the Bible. And then he sent Jesus to come and fix it so we could come back to God. And now we can say, oh, God, I want to run to you. And we can. he can remove everything off of our heart. All of the bad choices we made, he can clear it off our heart so we can run to him and be close to him now. And we get to help other people know how to live in that joy and that freedom and that closeness. And one day we're going to be just like Adam and Eve. It's going to be great. And that whole story can really help them know. So it's not just what did my behavior like today, but they understand this whole story of where how the Bible flows, how sin fits into it. This really easy thing. And that will be the same story that they will learn for a lifetime of, of the details of that and how that plays out and how that plays out in scripture in their life. But when they have that overarching plan to tell that whole story can provide that theological framework. 
I would suggest with under fives that you don't try to use analogies. Children's brains, some kids' brains will get analogies. Some kids won't. And I find it quite hard because when you're trying to explain something, to then try to explain something else and then them get that something else enough for them to translate it into an invisible thing over here, that is a really hard jump for under fives kids to make. There's some great analogies out there. Um, what I am not convinced of yet is that kids can tell which part of the analogy is applicable and which part of the analogy is not applicable. And so I find sometimes when I use an analogy with children that are too young, they pick up all sorts of other stuff that I do not want them to make the connection with about, you know, how God, you know, sin is like this. And all of a sudden, you know, sin is like slime and it sticks to you, which then kids are like, I can never get clean or my parents hate it or it can get on other people. And, and all of a sudden they're, they're tracking something and I've introduced a confusion with this. So my suggestion would be, if you really want to figure out how can I explain it succinctly, that you take out any Christian words that you can think of, take out the word sin, take out the word holy, and just say, how would you explain it in a, in a sentence if you can't use all your Christian words? And if you do that, that will probably get you to a sentence that you feel like you can sort of say, sin is when I, for me, I describe it like sin is when I choose to not do God's way, when, when love isn't the center of my heart. And so it's because I'm afraid or because I'm angry or because I think I can control it and I want things my way. And that's usually when I, when I, when I make choices that, that Jesus wouldn't have made. And I can feel that on my heart and I can feel like I was wrong. And I don't want to feel like that. I don't want to feel on my own with my mistakes. So I go to God and I do this. And so to be able to 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 create windows into that of, of saying, when I feel like this, this is what I do, can be a really helpful description rather than feeling like you have to formally teach. Uh, and the other thing is to just create opportunities for them to encounter those times, to be able to, to lay down at night and say, you know, oh, God, we want to feel so close to you. Um, God, we just want to say really I don't, I made some mistakes today and that made me feel, I forgot where you were. I forgot to call, come close to you, God. I pray that you would sweep over our hearts and just swish, 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 anything that's getting between you and me so that you and I can be so close tonight. Please forgive us of all those things and all of those choices that we made that were not you. We want to be close to you, God. We want nothing to be there. And to just invite them and they can listen to it and they can say yes or you can create space to, to let them say um, things. When they're that, that's hard, it's hard for them to recall an entire day, choices and things like that. So you can just create space for them to sort of come alongside you and say yes to the things that you want, if that's something that you want to do. It's all about creating a window into it and creating opportunities for them to come in and say yes. There will be times I remember being four and really getting this whole idea of, of God of, of God wanting me to come close to me, making mistakes and, and Jesus providing a way that we could be close so that I didn't have to feel heavy. I remember in my four-year-old head saying I felt heavy when I made mistakes and Jesus took all the heaviness away so that I could be with God. And I remember at four years old, you know, having that process uh, that I would do regularly. It's something that our kids can do. Uh, but it doesn't have to look like anything that you feel like it has to. It's not this one-off moment. It's not something we have to hammer all the time. If we're called to weave it into the ordinary, then then walking with God in our sin and our forgiveness and the joy of relationship with him is just that weaving together. 
And so I'd like, that's really all I wanted to share with you, that I, I don't want you to feel like it has to be something huge. It's not a big sit down and talk through. It is. It really is creating windows into your life so that they can see what a lived life looks like to frame it for them in a way that they can see how it fits into the grand scheme of things and they can understand what it is that they can then have equipped to deal with that when they feel those moments, they feel like they know how to run to God and do that, that we create this pattern in their life of coming and coming close and going coming close. They can see how that plays out in relationship and to create those opportunities for them to connect with God in those places can be really helpful in that. So uh, I'm going to pray for us now, uh, just so that I can pray for you. And uh, and if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, ponderings, uh, heresy flags, things that you really want to wrestle with together, I'm, I'm here for that. And we can do that. So feel free to type in now uh, and uh, uh, I will pray for us and uh, we'll answer any questions that come up and uh, then uh, we'll go. But just this is... Um, what I like about bedtime drinks is just it's just a little thought to keep you going. Um, so here we go. God, I thank you for your pulling us close to you. I thank you that you don't let our choices um, separate us from you, but that you you see our choices, you see our mistakes, you see our, our willful walking aways, and you have provided a path back to you every time. Thank you that we can always run to you. Thank you, Jesus, that you came to provide a way to do that. And so, God, I pray that you would open our eyes, that in our ordinary everydays, we may show our children how to walk in forgiveness with you, how to walk free from sin every day with you, that we may teach them how to run to you, how to remove the heaviness, how to reconcile with you because of the beautiful, wonderful thing that Jesus did for us. I pray that you would remove all fear off of our hearts and how we talk about it. I pray that you would remove any burden that we have that ties us up in knots and makes us worry about describing it. God, I pray that you would free us to be the parents you have called us to be in our way that doesn't look like anybody else's way, knowing our unique children and how they need things described to them. I pray that you would really let this be some of the greatest joys of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Well then, I uh, I don't see any questions or, or comments, and so I'm going to let you go to just go and be and think. Um, for some of us, I think we don't, we're not quite sure what that looks like in our lives, and I just wanted to free you to say your first step in all of this may be taking six months to really think about what you think about sin and how your experience has been and how you would describe it. And that's okay. If the next six months is you chewing with this stuff, that is all right. That is progress. It is not cheating your child of something. It is enabling you to be able to feel comfortable and confident to be able to talk about it. You don't have to arrive at a perfect place. You just have to arrive at a place where you feel like you can start walking alongside your kid in this. So um, be blessed. And uh, hopefully I'll see you next month. And uh, we will talk to you later. Bless you. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.